Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to continue where we left off last week in verse 24. So I'm going to begin by reading there the first part really of verse 24 where the Apostle John said, Therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard or which you heard from the beginning. Now remember again, it didn't actually say the word therefore, but the, it actually says as for you, making a distinction from everybody else. Amen. And he says, as for you, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. It, it's a really key thing because it says that we need to be separate from everybody else. It tells us that we are to live different lives. It tells us that we are to have different priorities. Amen. And while the world is looking to, you know, for experts and, and information out there, we go to God to find out what's really going on. We go to Him not just for wisdom, but for strength, for favor, for everything that we need in our life. Amen? And see, don't ever go out there hoping that you're enough, because you're probably not. <laughs> okay? Uh, I know you think you are, but can I just say this? Without God, you're not as good as you could be. Can I say that? Okay. So you're good. I'm not saying you're not good. I'm just saying you could be better. You could be that light that is set on a hill. Amen? A city, excuse me, that is set on a hill that gives light to everybody. Now, remember again, it says, what you, he says, that which you heard from the beginning. So we know that it was spoken to them in order for them to hear it. Amen? And we looked last week at the things that were actually spoken to them. Um, we went to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I don't really want to look at all of that again today uh, because we spent so much time on it last week. The first thing was, he said in 1 Corinthians 15.3, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That is a key thing. Amen? And I told you the importance of that, because sin is what causes failure. Sin is what causes us to not be the very best that we can be. Amen? And so that, that was the first thing that he died for. It was the thing that was important that he had to go to the cross for, which is, you know, when, when Peter sort of said, no, Lord, you, you shouldn't do that, <laughs> okay? When, Peter, when Jesus said, I've got to go do this, and he said, no, stay with us, it's better. He said, no, it's better if I go. We didn't understand. He, they didn't understand why, and a lot of people still don't understand. And we need to understand that if he didn't die, sin would still be held against us. And the power of sin would still dominate us. Amen? Now, I know sin gets the better of us sometimes, okay? But the thing is, it doesn't have the power that it did before. It is a choice now that we make, rather than we have no choice and it just rules our life. Are you all with me? Amen? And see, that's, why, that, that's the reason why you need to be careful how you judge people outside the body of Christ as well. You know, they're called sinners for a reason. We get upset because they behave a certain way. Well, hello. That's how they are. They don't have God as their father. They don't have a greater one living in them. They don't have a new birth. They don't have any of these things. I mean, gosh, if they're good at all, they're doing great. <laughs> you, know? you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And, and there are good people out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, some people say, well, if you're not in the body, you're terrible. No, I don't, I, I don't ever say that. There are good people out there, and you know, you want some of them to get saved. So that, you know, all their efforts mean something and will mean something in eternity. Amen? Anyway, not what I'm preaching today. So the, <laughs> the other thing in verse 4, we looked at that he was buried. 
that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. All of this is according to the scriptures. All right, remember again in verse 3, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, in verse 4, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Amen? Which means everything that he did was according to what was written, what was required. There was a requirement to get us out. And he met all the requirements, which means we are out. Hallelujah. So then the responsibility falls on us. As for you, okay, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. See, if we don't let that abide in us, then we're going to fail. Even though the price has been paid, the power isn't there to help us through it. Amen? And it isn't willpower. It is word power. <laughs> okay? It is the power of the Spirit. And if we're not doing it in the power of the Spirit family, then we are doing it, we're trying to do it in our own self, in our own flesh. And that's not going to work. Do you know why? Because there is an enemy out there that knows which button to push. He knows what, what it takes to take you down. And it's not, you know, it's really interesting. Let me just give you this little, little insight. If you're, just say you're weak in something, some area of your life, he won't attack that weakness. Do you know that? What he'll do, because it's a weakness, because it's something that you are struggling with, he will attack you all over the place so that you go to that weakness. See, we, we don't get this. We always think he, he attacks head on. If he attacked head on, we'd just go in Jesus' name. But he doesn't do that. He wears you down. And wear you down and wear you down to a place where you don't even realize you're worn down. And then you start doing things that you think, why am I even doing this? Why am I thinking about this? Why am I behaving this way? You don't realize that you've been just worn down a little bit here. What are the two words that describe him? Subtlety and deception. Subtlety and deception. He works very quietly in the background. Amen? And we need to be aware of that, especially. Okay. How, we, how do we do that? Well, I'm going to show you today. <laughs> so again, he says, let that abide in you, which means that it is a choice that you must make to let the message, the Word of God, abide in you. The word abide also means remain. Now, the best way of allowing that word to abide or remain in you is through meditation. Okay? And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about it. It is something that we do all the time, but a lot of times we're meditating on the wrong things. Do you understand meditation is just simply applying your mind to something? It is simply thinking about something all the time. You know, a lot of people meditate on work. <laughs> okay, I got you all there. All right? You, you know, because you're thinking about what am I going to do tomorrow. You, you know, the day, the day before, you're thinking about the next day. What am I going to do? What's my work schedule? You know, what are the things that I need to get through? And so we, we meditate all the time, whether we realize it or not. What we're meditating on, that's the thing, isn't it? Some people are meditating on how much time they can have off. How they can work around things so they don't have to work, but they look like they're working. <laughs> Hello? You know, whatever you meditate on, you, you become good at it. 
Amen. I have, I, you know, I worked in the public service a long time. And my goodness, there are some champions there. They, they can, oh, I tell you, they can look like they're working. And they're just, whoa, sweating blood. And do nothing. I mean, nothing. You know why? Because I end up getting those jobs and I'm going to fix everything up. You know, <laughs> okay? And I think, what were you doing? And they're so good at it. Hello? See, whatever you put your mind to, you will start to excel at that. And that's exactly what God says. So let's read a couple of verses that you know of by heart. But I'm, hopefully I'll bring some new revelation and also just to drive this point home. Amen? I know you guys have heard this, but I don't know where all this is going. So I need to make sure that I cover all the bases. Sometimes I watch people on, on you know, uh, ministering the word on TV and stuff, and, and they just say, well, you all know this, you've all heard this a hundred times. Well, I haven't. This is the first time I've stumbled upon you, and this is the first time I'm listening to you. What is it? What do you know? What does everybody know? <laughs> it's very frustrating. Amen? Okay. So <laughs> we're going to look at Psalm 1, and we'll, you know, it was really interesting. I was, I was looking at these verses and I was thinking, God, they know this. Their eyes are going to roll to the back of their head. As soon as I mention these verses, they just kind of, you know, okay, all right, here we are. Wake us up when he's done, you know. And I saw something. I was really, I want to share this with you. I said, God, how come you keep drawing me back to certain scriptures? And he said, there are some scriptures in here. All of this is the word of God, you understand, okay? But he said, there are some things that are like cities, like lights that just shine. And the radiance are all the revelation that come off them. And some shine so bright that you want to go back to them over and over again because that's where you, you get life, you get revelation, you get insight. There are things there in the Word of God that just stand out. You all hear me? And this is one of those scriptures that just pours out light everywhere and the more you meditate on it the stronger and more powerful and the more and more you receive from them amen so let's look at this and and the thing is that each of these have so much revelation in them that it will apply to different areas of your life different times of your life do you hear what i'm saying so you might you might go back to a scripture that you've read a hundred times but for the situation you're now in, suddenly it will speak a different word to you. It will give you a different revelation. It will give you something that you need that you think, wow, that's what I need. And I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I, I have seen this scripture a hundred times and I never saw that. Or you just be reminded of something that really helped you in the past. So beginning in verse 1, <laughs> Psalm 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, Verse 2, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. Notice he says, as for you, let that abide in you. This is the choice. But his delight, her delight. It's a choice that you make. Amen? You decide to delight in things. Amen? It says his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. That's not, so that's where this person's heart is. This is where their priority is. And notice it says, and in his law, he meditates, or she meditates, day and night. How do you do that? Like I said, we do it anyway. 
We are constantly thinking about things before we go to sleep, when we wake up. You know, some people worry all the time. You know what worry is? It's simply meditation on the wrong things. Do you know that's what worry is? It is you are meditating. That's what worry is. That you can't detach from that thought. Now turn it around to the place where you are so locked in to God and His Word that you can't detach from that. So a thousand may fall at your right hand and ten thousand at your left, but He'll never come near you because your mind is stayed on Him. Amen? So anything that comes at you, you always think, no, God will not let that happen to me. Are you all with me? Amen? And, and that's, that is the thing that we need to understand. That <laughs> as we keep our mind on God, then God can keep His hand on us. Amen? Amen? A lot of times we're moving out of God's path. We're getting out of the way of the things that He has set for us. We get into trouble and say, why God? And He said, where are you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> Am I not in your good, acceptable, and perfect will? Not in any of those. You're somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Remember, David was geographically out of God's will. If he was in battle, we would have had another story of something he did. Something extraordinary that happened. Something unexpected that happened. See, we don't realize a lot of times, they just write what all happened. It is up to us to step back and go, what if he went to battle? What story would we be reading in right now? You know, and, I, and also, let me just say this. I have to be careful when I say this. Please don't take this in a way that you go, oh, now I know how to pray and get, you know, okay? Don't, uh, this is not one of those. Okay, I'm going to give you something that I'm hoping that will help you not to manipulate things. See, I have to be really careful on some of the things I tell you guys. Okay? <laughs> right? I know. Anyway, <laughs> I won't tell you everything, man, because I tell you sometimes I worry. I'll give you something. Please be mature with this. Be responsible with it. Okay. The Proverbs that we have came from a relationship that David had with somebody that he shouldn't have had a relationship with that a kid came from. Solomon is the pro product of David and Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. Had we not had Solomon, we would have not had the Proverbs, by the way. Okay? So people look at that and go, well, you know, <laughs> Uriah, you know, small price to pay to get the Proverbs. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Now, I'm just telling you, man, what David did was wrong. Like I said, there would have been another story. Can I give you another story? See, sometimes what you're destined, you know, what you're destined to have will come to you, but sometimes, like Abraham, we have an Ishmael along the way. You know? It's meant to be an Isaac, but it came out an Ishmael because we helped. And then the Ishmael causes us all kinds of problems because the, the baby that David and Bathsheba first had because of the adultery died. Okay, it caused him all kinds of grief and problems, all right? And, and it, was, it had a lot of consequences. So, you know, we do that. We kind of go, I want to help a little. And don't help God. Please don't help him. He doesn't need your help. 
In Jesus' name. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let, let me just give you a different scenario. Let's just say that David went to battle. And you know, we know that Uriah was an incredible man. Listen now. Okay. And, and they were in battle and in the heat of battle, you know, things sometimes just happen. And let's just say, um, this is a big make-believe, okay? But I want to give you something to help you to see something. Let's just say that, you know, somebody threw a spear or something or something happened and Uriah saw David was in harm's way and jumped in front of it. And he dies. And David is sorrowful for what's happened here. You know, one of his best men have died. Somebody who gave up their life. So what do you think David would do? I would guarantee you he would go back, find his wife, and say, you come live in the castle. You are going to be looked after like royalty from today onwards. Because your, your husband died saving my life. And I owe you a debt. I owe him a debt. And I will pay it looking after you. And let's just say over time, you know where this is going, right? And the violins start to play, you know? And, and, and you know, they look across the room from each other, you know, and, and, and you know, little eyeballs are batting, and, you know, a year or two years later, whatever time that Solomon was actually born, wasn't the first one. Time, okay. That something happened there. And, and da, 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 they get married. And they have Solomon. there would be a whole different story we would, we would be telling today. The nobility of Uriah for getting in the way and saving David's life. The nobility of David to make sure that that woman was going to be looked after and the gift that came from his nobility to look after her, Solomon, who would then write Proverbs. Different story. Are you all with me? There are things that will happen in our life that God ordained to happen. How we get there is up to us. Are we going to go God's way or are we going to do it my way? That's the mess that you end up with. Amen? Let's get back to this. What is this all about? <laughs> okay. It's being geographically in God's will. If you are in God's word, then I guarantee you everything you do will be in God's will. Where you are, what you say, who you meet, everything in your life will just follow a certain path. Amen? That's why it says in Psalm 1, going back to verse 1, Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, there's a blessing for not doing things. What else does it say? Nor stands in the path of sinners. Don't go in the place where God's not. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Don't have conversations that you shouldn't be having. That are ungodly. You can joke around and stuff. I don't mind about all that. But be careful. Some of the worst people to talk to are Christians. Sometimes it's better just to sit down next to a drunk who swears his head off. 
You know, and you think, oh, okay, whatever. Then to have somebody sitting there going, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't think miracles are for today. Christians that take away stuff that your life depends on. Get away from stuff like that. You know, we always think, oh, no, go to a safe place where Christians are. They aren't safe. <laughs> okay, you know. Sometimes a bar is, you know, a better place than a church. Not here, okay, but you know what I'm trying to say. Because of the people that take things out of you. Amen. He says, <laughs> but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. The way you do that is by finding out from God what word is for you. Amen. And it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be three passages. God gave me the whole book of no, he didn't give me that. That's just too much, man. You hear one word from God, one word. Amen. It'll be one word that you hang on. It might be a word like joy or peace or breakthrough. It might just be one thing that you need to just get to the place where you need to be in order to excel, to be victorious. Amen. It takes, see, that's why don't make it complicated. Don't, you know, you, it, there might be a verse, but there'll be a word in that verse that does a lot for you. That's as simple as it is. Okay. Verse 3. It says, and he shall be, or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know, that's really interesting, the analogy now. When you meditate on the word day and night, it is like a tree that is planted by a river. Doesn't matter if it rains. The tree doesn't depend on the rain. It's got a river right next to it. See, when you have the word of God, it is like a river that is flowing right next to you that is feeding you constantly. Do you see this? And it says, he shall be or she shall be like a, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It's not just one. See that? Every scripture is a river. The more scriptures, the more rivers. Amen? Okay. That brings forth its fruit in its season. In other words, there is nothing that gets in the way of it producing fruit. Because it's constantly watered. So when the time is right, there's the fruit. So notice again it says here, He shall be or she shall be like a, a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he or she does shall prosper. In other words, you look healthy all the time. You know one of those trees that the leaves kind of look wonky and you think, I, I don't think that tree is a happy tree. You know, because when it's not make, producing fruit, you tell its, its health by its leaves. You all with me? Amen? And so, you know, there are times in your life that you may not be producing fruit. But listen, that doesn't mean that it isn't working inside of you. A fruit is coming. <laughs> okay? Just keep at it. It will pop out. Amen. You just need to keep watering it. In God's time, it will show up. And it will bless you and everyone around you. Amen? Okay. All of this goes back to as for you. As for you. You let that abide in in you that which you heard from the beginning amen don't stray 
Hallelujah. I, you know, I just, I remember, Uncle Andrew is in here today, Brother Blonde. So he said something to me, you know, when we first started the church. I still remember this. And uh, shows the sort of person that he is. You know, there was some turmoil when we began this church. Not everybody was on our side. Okay, can I just say that? Okay. And though, you know, him leaving where he was caused a few problems. Okay. And I tried to convince him to go back. Okay, because I didn't want to have strife with anybody. I'm just happy to preach to myself. If that's what it takes and there's no strife, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't want somebody going, oh, you stole my sheep. You know, it's, it's like, by the way, it's God's sheep. By the way, but anyway, let's look, overlook that part. Uh, <laughs> it's like, man, you know, they turn up whenever they want. They, you know, they are God's sheep, and wherever God tells them to go, that's where they should be going. But this person had a different thought. Anyway, so I was trying to convince Andrew to go back. And one thing, he said, no, I'm coming here because God has told me to come here. And, and wait, he said something to me. He said, the only time, Roche, that I will... It was Roche back then. Okay. He said, the only time, Roche, that I will walk away is if you stop preaching the word. If you don't let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. I said, if I stop preaching, we'll both leave. <laughs> I don't want to be in that church either. Okay, so. But I thought that was very noble. And that was exactly right. Amen? All right, let's continue on. Added to this, we also know, I want to look at Joshua 1.8, but I want to look at verse 9 as well today, uh, in the two minutes I have left. Is that right? I'm, I'm, seven minutes. I, I have seven minutes. Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. Joshua 1.8. You in trouble? You know what you want to do? You're, you're saying, I don't have time for that stuff? Well, li listen to what God tells a person that is up to their eyeballs in problems. That he has... <laughs> A group of people that are just renowned for rebellion. In fact, all their fathers had to drop dead before we could move on. Millions had to die. Have you ever thought, thought, thought about that? Can you imagine the number of graves? Anyway. And so we come to verse 8. And he's, this is the Lord speaking to Joshua now. Joshua is in a bad place. And he says... Listen, don't worry about it. I'll send angels down. Just go freak out quietly in your tent. It's not what it says. He, okay? In a time when Joshua's mind is racing and he's thinking, okay, I've got this many people. I've got the, this is the opposition that is coming against me. I need a battle plan. Okay? So he prays. And he says, God, give me a battle plan. God says, okay, this is just like God. He says, all right, are you ready? Have you got a piece of paper? Uh-huh, uh-huh, Okay, I'm going to give you something that is going to be awesome. And he's thinking, ooh, something that nobody will see coming. I mean, this is going to be one of those things that, you know, like, I, I don't know what it was. Anyway, it was one of the Old Testament times when they had this army coming against them. And God gives them this idea shine all their shields and put it, stand opposite the sun and stick it in the ground so that the army is blind coming towards them. And they can't see anything. 
Of course that army lost the battle. You all know what I'm saying, okay? That was a brilliant strategy. There were other strategies involving, you know, canyons and all sorts of things. So I mean, I'm just giving you some background here. So I'm just thinking, Joshua's waiting for something extraordinary. Like, ooh, we're going to write something down that all the armies in the future are going to be used. Actually, they are. Except not what you think. Isn't it funny how God always comes and tells you something that you don't expect? You've got a battle on, and he says, ready? Mm-hmm. This book of the law. Oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. That's for the guy that has all the time. I've got a problem here. I've got a real situation. I'm living in a real world. I need real solutions. Because when you have insurmountable odds, when you have things coming against you that are more than you can manage, you need a power in you and behind you that is more than they can manage. Did you get that? Right now, you don't need you. <laughs> okay? Right now, you need something much bigger than you. And this is what he says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He says, in other words, from now on, see, he could be talking strategy. But you know what happens when you're talking strategy? All the what ifs come up. Let's do this. Yeah, but what if? And then you have another so problem to solve. And then when you solve that, they go, yeah, but what if? And so you're chasing your tail a lot of the time. So he says, listen, rather than talk about that stuff, stop for a minute. You are just chasing your tail. You are talking about things that are not going to matter at the end of the day. You need me. So he says, listen, the way to access me is this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. In other words, Joshua, you're going to think about this, not about your problem from now on. I know you have a problem, but the problem is your problem. If you stop thinking about your problem for a minute, it won't be such a big problem. Because I will give you a solution. A problem is only a problem while you don't have a solution. Once you have a solution, the problem isn't a problem anymore. It's just an opportunity to get rid of something now and write down something everybody will go, Oh, that's the solution. Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. So he says here, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, you know how to apply this thing. You don't look at it and go, well, that's a nice verse. No, that, <laughs> that's not going to help you. You're not looking for a nice verse. You're looking for an answer. Amen? And so you go and look at that, and you do it in the way that God tells you to do. When you meditate, something happens. A door opens. And suddenly a scripture that was just words on a page suddenly becomes God talking to you. As for you, let this remain or abide in you. Amen? And you start looking and thinking, you know what? I won't let God's word depart out of my mouth. That's what the problems mean. I have departed from that word and that God that speaks that word. So how is he going to talk to me when I'm not, I haven't got his word in my heart and in my mouth? First thing you realize, why you don't want it to depart. Why you need to meditate in it day and night, because then he'll talk to you day and night through that word. So that you will know what you need to do. You will know to do according to all that is written. That it won't be all Greek or Hebrew to you. <laughs> Amen? 
Okay, look, it says for them. He says, you will, you will make your way prosperous. He says, this is the way you will succeed. You want to find out how to succeed, I'm telling you. You do this. Isn't it interesting, as God helps us, we're the one that is seen to succeed. That's why we have to be really careful that we give honor to God. Because you will be the one seen to succeed. It says, for you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. That's why I said, live a thankful life. Amen? You know, that's one thing I always do. I take nothing for granted. I thank God for everything, and I appreciate everything. And I take care of everything. Amen. As if God gave it to me today. Amen. Because if you do that, then God will continue to bless you and look after you. It keeps the door open. Now, verse 9. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't freak out. <laughs> okay? He's saying, I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you where your answers are going to come from that you may observe to do according to all that is written. There's a lot of stuff written in here. You have this working for you. You have a lot of solutions at hand, sweetheart. I mean a lot of them. Amen? Especially with God saying, now you can take that and a bit of that and a bit of this, put it together, and boom, you've got something that nobody has ever seen. Hallelujah. I, uh, you know, I could just spend a lot of time on that. Anyway, he says, have I not commanded... Be strong, commanded you to be strong and good courage. <laughs> Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you keep his word in you, he is with you wherever you go. Now he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But that reality isn't there in your life. Did you hear what I said? That reality isn't there in your life. That's why Christians, the Bible says, God says, my people perish for a lack or destroyed, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's Hosea 4, 6, I believe. Do you understand? They're not destroyed because He's not there. They're destroyed because they're not observing to do. They don't know that He's with them. They don't know to call upon Him in their day of trouble. They don't know that there is a supernatural de deliverance available to them. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Amen. And so, <laughs> they don't know any of these things. And so they're destroyed. And then there are people at funerals going, but that was such a good person. Why did they die? See, we always equate goodness to living long. But it's interesting that God equates death to lack of knowledge. Not how good they were. You can be really good and still die young. Do you hear me? We're going to have to stop because I'm getting all sorts of signals from the desk now. And uh, they're soon going to move to pictures, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you learn from this? As for you, what are you going to do? What decision will you make today? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for the word.